0: This podcast of the Tailgate Society is sponsored by Revelton Distilling Company. When Rob and Christy Taylor started following the Kentucky Bourbon Trail in 2012, they fell in love with not only bourbon, but the entire distilling process. So they opened Revelton Distillery, where they offer a family of products, including vodka, gin, whiskey, and Revelton Shine. Come visit the tasting room at 1400 West Clay Street in Osceola, Iowa, or pick some up at your local Hy-Vee or Fairway grocery store.
1: This podcast contains material that is intended for mature audiences and may not be suitable for all listeners. Enjoy! i like to sample some of my like notes. I don't want to get on the bandwagon I'll burn that wagon down and join the band Traveling troubadours, terrorizing street corners Just to try to get some supper in our hands now i waited all my life to get this on my chest screen buddy murder until someone understands that it ain't about the money, the drugs, or the women. I make this noise just because I can. And we'll all join in to that original sin. Pfizer putting on a show again. Tinsley pushes to Pfizer. A great look. We see Pfizer run the court. The Stevie underneath Pfizer. There's the dunk. And a bad pass. threw it away. Pfizer's gonna dribble the ball. Still gonna dribble the ball. Now he's gonna take it inside and score. Pfizer, in traffic, takes it in and stops it over!
2: Chris Mills. The outlet pass, and look who it is. Pizer, 265
1: pounds, and he runs the floor with ease.
3: Going to bring Stevie Johnson up high for a screen. He'll not go back to it. fouled
2: by him. What a chance for a three-point play. Same position down low, and a powerful finish.
1: With the fourth pick in the 2000 NBA draft, the Chicago Bulls select... Marcus
0: Pfizer from Iowa State University. Hello, and welcome back to yet another edition of Old Man Strength, a podcast of the Tailgate Society and brought to you by Revelton Distilling Company in Osceola, Iowa. Please go ahead and check them out. Uh, Chris, what is that address again? 1400 West Clay Street. Is that
4: correct? Osceola, yeah.
0: Absolutely. So please go ahead and check out Revelton uh, Distilling Company i am tim johnson joined as always by chris shipley chris how are we doing this evening
4: better than i was two weeks ago <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you a funny story my father-in-law listened to the first ever episode of the podcast oh yeah it happened to be the one that i dropped about 20 f-bombs on
3: <laughs> <laughs> he, did, Good.
4: Uh, he told stacy that uh he knew what to get me for Christmas. He was going to get me a new dictionary and have all the F words taken out of it.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, that's funny. That's funny. Yeah, man. It's been, it's been, uh this month has been uh maybe it's because February went by so quick, March feels like it's been taken forever. So um I'm ready for real spring to come here and to actually get into things. But, uh th- with that said I don't want March to get over just yet as we are in the height of March madness. Uh and with that we want to welcome back to the podcast Marcus Pfizer. Marcus welcome back to Old Man Strength.
2: Thank you guys appreciate you guys having me. Fun time.
4: We thought March madness who better to bring on than the expert. <laughs>
2: yeah this th- this this March madness this year has been one of the funnest ones I've seen in a while when I was, when I was playing in the March Madness, it wasn't fun at all. It was all concentration and focus, but I've really enjoyed this year uh, more than, more than any. Yeah. You is
3: know,
2: it because
4: I, you go think, ahead, Chris. that's right. Is it because you think uh, that with last year and COVID, there just was no crowds or whatever else. And then the previous year it got canceled that it's just been, it's, it's like, we're kind of back to normal.
2: Um, it it could be a little bit of that. Um, you know, the the guys are definitely and the gals are definitely taking the opportunity that they have now and um, really getting after it. Um, you know, it's been a lot of really fun games. Um, you know, I mean, we're our men sitting as the 11th seed and a lot of people thinking, you know, well we're with such a a low seed or high seed. I forget how you do that, but you know, they've played extremely well and it shows to you how fun uh, March Madness can be. You know, the guys from St. Peter's can show you how fun the tournament can be. And, um, you know, I've enjoyed every single game, like just trying to figure out which one I'm going to watch, recording them, falling asleep at night, watching them. Um, It's been a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, you know, I I read something earlier today that uh, this is one of the highest – Average seeds for the sweet 16. So it's been kind of fun to see, um, sure. I, something like the average seed for the, is like 5.3 or something like that, which is, you know, pretty high when you consider, but when you look at, at, uh, the number of double digit seeds that have made it to the sweet 16 and, and the fact that at least one double digit seed is going to be going to the elite eight, uh, it really, Kind of epitomizes what what this time of year is all about, and and this year even more so. I think.
2: Yeah, I know a double digit, double digit seed that you know I'm I'm gonna pull, hopes for be that one that goes to the elite eight. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, um, you know, with that being said, you know I I, I think you know as as the season progressed, um, a lot of the good teams you know run into a lot of roadblocks or bumps in the road and things like that. You know, as we know. And we feel the Big 12 is the toughest and the strongest basketball conference in the nation. And uh, our guys started off, you know, extremely hot in the beginning. And once you get to the Big 12, that prepares you for this time. And as you can see, you know, TJ has uh, definitely gotten them um, focused, locked in. And I mean, they playing some great defense. You know, the defense that they've been playing here here recently and these last, two or three games have been phenomenal. And, you know, that's the thing that's, that has propelled us into sweet 16.
4: I haven't seen uh defense played like this, I think in a long time since, since yeah. Floyd Stacey years. Uh, the, and, you know, that's, it's been kind of refreshing. It, it reminds me a lot of, of coach Floyd's uh, hmm. team uh, that he had Willoughby and Bankhead and Pratt and that, and that group. Um, And I, I said there for a while, when we were struggling in the Big 12, I really think that if we can make that tournament, I think we can make some headway because I, you're going to match up differently with some teams that aren't used to that style of defense and that right. intense pressure all right. the time. And I, and I I think it's 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 proven, proven itself. And I think we have a good shot against Miami. What do you think?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I was at the gas station the other day because we're there so frequently now. Um, and I don't know. <laughs> I had on Iowa State, my Iowa State sweatshirt, and it was a guy. I was actually in a restroom, coming out of the restroom, um, and he was at the uh, the gas register, and so like the uh, Spider Man meme that everyone see that they <laughs> <each> <laughs> pointed at each other, and I said, "Okay, we'll see you this weekend." He said, "You better believe it." <laughs> so um, you know, it feels it feels it feel good to be out in Vegas and just have two random guys who have on their university uh, paraphernalia and the excitement and everything that comes within March Madness. You know, I tell people all the time, you know, no no knock on the pros or anything like that, but college basketball was the last time that I literally had fun. I enjoyed, I enjoyed moments and things like that in, in the pros, but college basketball was the last time that I actually had fun. I remember when we beat Kansas that one year uh, at the Hilton um, Coliseum, and. You know, uh, Coach Roy Williams was trying to congratulate me. And I i, I mean, first of all, he's already shorter than me. But <laughs> I, I just paid no attention to who it was. And, you know, and I think when I realized it was him, I said, what's up, Roy? And I put my hand on top of his head like he was a, like a little kid or whatever. But I was just so excited, you know, because that's it, it wasn't anything about politics. It wasn't anything about money. Like we were just kids that were enjoying playing basketball. And that was the focus. And once you get to the pros, all that. Political stuff gets into it. You have guys making so much money here and there, and it just, that be the focus. So college basketball was the last time that I really, really enjoyed playing basketball. And you can see the guys doing the same thing now.
0: Yeah, you know, I hear some people like to make a criticism that a single elimination tournament isn't the best way to pick a champion. And that's that's certainly fair. Um, But boy, is it a lot of fun because those games just mean Mm -hmm. so much they just really mean so much and you can see it in in those kids faces at the end of the game win or lose uh just how much that means it's not just another game this is a win or go home scenario and and boy those 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 kids really play their heart out
2: yeah i mean definitely you know it it can go both ways for um either team so you definitely have to come with your a game without a doubt um it gives it gives each team the opportunity to have that great game, you know, you really can't prepare for a team that quick, that early. And it's an advantage for, for, for both teams. Um, You you see the way Miami was able to uh, knock off uh, uh, Auburn, you know, and a lot of people had them winning the national championship. So um, it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, You know, the cylinders can be firing on all cylinders where everything goes, you know, extremely well for the team. You have the goosebumps and everything is, is rolling. And, you know, you can come out victorious. I, I love coming home and or turning on the TV or, or Marcus Jr. opened up his phone to ESPN app or something like that. And he's like, wow, so-and-so and so-and-so is up by 20. It's like, you know, but at the same time, you know, it could be 10 minutes left in the game. And before you know it, they walk that down and, you know, they get it into overtime. You know, I was pulling for TCU uh, against Arizona, that that was a great game to, to watch that. I just felt like they just ran out of steam in the end.
0: Yeah, you know, yeah. there's a, there's another team that I think some people have criticized the, the committee's decision to take teams like Iowa State, like TCU, that didn't have a winning conference record. Um, But, boy, really showed that they deserved to be there. Really showed, yeah. A, just how tough the Big 12 really truly is. But B, how, you know, for people to have that as a criteria is kind of silly uh, when, you know, you have to go and get beat up by Texas Tech and Kansas and Baylor right. and Texas right. and Oklahoma. And you know, like, you know, and, and, and there's so many good teams in, in that, in that conference. You can
4: just conference. say everybody, everybody but Kansas State.
2: You can just. But I mean, they they've had they've had some strong teams in the you know in the in the previous years as well. Because I had no fun going into Kansas State, and I mean, we had success down there um, since my freshman year. But still, man, Kansas State was always a tough place to play. Um, I. I didn't enjoy going to Kansas State more than it seemed easier to play in Kansas to me Kansas <laughs> State they had some tough they had some tough tough players and and they did not make it easy for me at all So with I
4: th- I think what fascinates me is is you have uh you have selection Sunday and then it's maybe 3 days and then you you got to start preparing for that game on Thursday and yep. whatever which leads to I think a lot of upsets and 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 some parody and whatever Tell me what what goes on that second week leading up to the Sweet 16. You know you've made that first round. What are you guys preparing for now for that Sweet 16 game? Other, than, I mean, obviously, you're looking at film and whatever, but now you've got a little longer of a stretch sometimes, I think, depending on when your last game was and when you made that that tournament run to your next game. You've got more time to wait. What What's that like? What are you looking at? What are you guys preparing for there? Well,
2: we're, of course, you're anxious. Um you know, but it all depends on the program and the coach. You know, because Larry Eustace, same tree as coach uh, Tim Floyd, they they weren't we, we didn't tone down anything. You know, mm-hmm. the exact same way we practice, the exact same way we prepare, the exact same way we were focused, the exact same way. Up until you know we lost to Michigan State, we were even focused of going going past that game. Um, so you know the breakdown may be a little different in terms of now we know exactly who we're preparing for. And that gives you a better chance that first game than the second one, um, because the second game, you don't know until you win or the other team win who advances, but you know, of course, with the scouts, um, the people that is it down the tape for both teams, they try to do whatever they can to prepare us better for that second game. But for us, it, it was pretty much the same that it had been all year. Um, they did a great job in not letting us, you know, not focus on the task at hand. Uh, We, you know, went to school and took care of the classes and everything like we're supposed to. Um, We got after each other in practice, um, the exact same way way we normally have. And, um, you know, we just prepared for whoever that that next team was going to be.
3: Yeah,
0: I think one thing that has been really interesting to see is – a lot of these matchups, I think people think they ha- have it pegged, right? So you look at that Iowa state, Wisconsin game, uh, y- you've got this tough defense, but maybe not, you know, the hottest offensive team in the tournament In Iowa state, um, in Wisconsin, the you know, lowest turnover rate in the country doesn't turn the ball over. Um, you know, I think, I, I think even, <laughs> even given a bit of time to prepare for Iowa state, I don't know that Wisconsin really knew what team they were getting. And I think certainly that short turnaround, uh, helps. And, you know, I think all the scouting I, I read on Miami, I didn't necessarily see that same scouting come true, uh, when they were playing Auburn. So, it, I mean, I, some of that just has to be, uh, you know, a lot of in-game adjustments,
2: it definitely, it definitely comes down to coaching, and it comes down to the players. Um, having a, a great point guard that can recognize um, the defensive scheme to get you in the best defensive schemes to adjust in the game um, is, is always key and always paramount. We've had some great point guards, Jamal Tinsley, um, uh, Monte Morris, you know, and, and on down the line. Um, to have those type of guys to recognize because it starts with them on the offensive and defensive end, and just uh, adjusting accordingly um, from that. Uh, it, it, any given night is, is, is going to be, you know, ups and downs, but, you know, you have your, your, your strategy and your game plan that you want to go a certain way, but you never know what's going to happen. Uh, look how they, they double-team and triple-team uh, Kofi Kover Col- from Illinois. You know, as dominant as he is, that night, you know, it just wasn't working because he really couldn't um, get off like he normally would. So being able to adjust on the fly, uh, have great coaching, um, you know, is it, is always a, definitely a positive for that team uh, coming out victorious.
4: So going into this weekend's game, we've had George Conant's dad on a couple of times. Uh, he's a good friend of the pod. And George is really, you know, I, I think I can speak for Tim. Tim and I have kind of a special place in our heart for George
2: because mm-hmm. he's
4: went through a lot there. Uh, he's been there all four years. What, what, what kind of advice are you giving George if he was to ask you about some of the mentality that he should take into this Sweet 16 game?
2: Well, George has been solid, uh, stay solid, you know, um, as solid as, as he's been for the last um, – Three, three, four years. You know, he and his, uh, me and his father, we talk a lot. We communicate a lot on uh, social media, on, on Twitter, and things like that. And you know, I give him a lot of words and things like that. But he, he needs to just stay as solid as he's been. Um, you know, be that anchor that he's been defensively uh, when we get him in spots where he can create and uh, give us some uh, offensive boost. That's that's always great. But with his length and his athleticism, he's been you know anchoring everything down low and. Um, just, you know, just remain focused on that, whatever that role is, whatever we need for that time and that moment is when to go home. You know, if, if you come on with no skin on your kneecaps, on your elbows, then that's just what it has to be, uh, in order to live the next day. Um, so, uh, just basically it, you know, stay as solid as you've been, uh, be that rim protector that you've been and, uh, you know, continue to be the bruiser down low. You know, I got a, I, mean, I got a soft spot in my heart for the bigs. <laughs> well, that's why I asked.
4: I was hoping that you'd give him some advice. I like go down and just hammer somebody right off the bat. <laughs> <laughs> it
1: shows, well, that's just
4: kind uh, of a when, you get domination. That's what I was looking for.
2: When you get to this level, you know the competition is so much high. It's it's almost like, man, I got a dunk. I, I remember a couple of dunks I had down in Kansas where I went into the game thinking. Man, these guys are big. They're gonna beat me up if, and then I got a couple of dunks. Like, wow! I, I, I happened to slip that one in because it, it's the competition is so big and so high. Like when it happened, it it doesn't happen often. I mean, I'm, I'm not Kevin K though, where you just tower over everybody and just slam it over top <laughs> of everybody. I, there was a few dunks where I got in at Kansas, where I was like, wow! I can't believe I got that one in. Um, well,
0: so with that uh george going into the sweet 16 with what he's what he's gone through i mean you can somewhat relate because your first couple years we didn't have a whole lot of success right the, the there had been a sweet 16 just before you got there right. but then a couple of of years that were certainly not the lows that george has seen but but what right. does it mean for someone who's uh gone through some tough seasons to to get to a sweet 16 what what is that feeling even like i can't even put it into words.
2: It feels it feels amazing, you know. It, it feels like all of the the pain and the anguishes you went through, and, and I, I mean, I didn't go through the pain and the anguish that they went through last year, to get over that hump, to get that monkey off your back, and to, you know, all the naysayers, and you know, we went into the Big Twelve tournament and didn't have success there, which you know, normally we we feel so good about that tournament, uh, to get past that, to get into the NCAA tournament have an 11 seed and, you know, people doubting you and everything like that. And then you get into that tournament and you work and you win and you work and you win. And to have that success to get to the Sweet 16 where a lot of teams that people thought that was going deep are back at home. And now you get to make that trip again. Um, he's going home to Chicago, you know, is in Chicago and he gets to play, you know, uh, at home in Chicago in the Sweet 16. And that's something that's, you know, humongous for the fact of, uh, being able to make it to that level. Um, you know, not a lot of teams are there. There's only 16 left After this, it is it's going to be eight. And then, you know, we're going to keep continuing to chop it down. So, uh, to be there to have that accomplishment, he's going to get, you know, the, get that banner hung sweet 16 not a lot of teams do that. So uh, I know that feels really good to him. Yeah. Uh, so,
4: Take a turn here real quick because i did throw it out there that you were going to be on tonight and i had a i had some people just kind of reach out and ask some questions you said you were talking earlier about having a lot of fun or whatever and a couple dunks so somebody asked me hey well what was in your mind when you made that baseline dunk on mims and does he still consider you to be his dad
2: <laughs> uh, chris is a good friend of mine we 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 known each other before we went to college and just, just unfortunately, we had to go up against each other three years in college. But um, uh, mainly, just you know, scoring the basketball. That at that moment, uh, during that stretch, I was I was so locked in offensively um, that it just felt like, you know, no disrespect to anybody. I, I mean, I just felt like I couldn't be stopped. Um, you know, I I, I never said that I was the best sco- uh, best shooter or this or that and then this, but uh, like I've always said, you know, I was always a scorer. If they allowed me to kick the ball in the hoop, I was going to find a way <laughs> to kick it in. Um, but, you know, just at that moment I, I, I thought I had such a break on him that he wasn't going to jump and contest. Um, my vertical leap is a lot higher than what a lot of people ever knew or assumed. I was always a power jumper, so when he jumped I just knew it kind of, it, it kind of like was that boost that boosted me up over him a little bit more, and unfortunately, he caught the the sad end of the stick with that. But um, yeah, I I just thought when, once I had the baseline open, he was just going to allow me to uh, go ahead and dunk it. But you know, unfortunately, uh, that that wasn't the case, and the rest is, is history.
4: What was your teammate? What's
2: that? But Chris, my guy, though I don't, I don't. <laughs> a hole in ill will against them for anything
4: you still you still uh talk to a lot of the old guys that you used to play with and, and that you played against
2: yeah uh you know we communicate via social media and everything like that you know guys change their phone numbers a lot um you know a lot of people <laughs> always ask me yeah man you got Jamal's cell phone numbers like i had it at once upon a time and now i got to reach out to him via social media because he changes his number a lot too. But um, Uh, But, yeah, you know, like me and Eddie Curry, we were talking yesterday. We share funny memes back and forth on Instagram or Twitter and stuff and just laugh, talk about how the family and the kids are doing now. We all have kids that are grown now when, jeez, when we played, you know, first couple years in the pros or in college and stuff like that, these kids weren't even around or they were babies, and now they're they're grown. So we talk about those different situations and stuff like that and what's going on in the world and just – you know just grateful and thankful to to be here amongst the living and 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 everyone is doing well yeah,
0: you know uh a friend of mine on on twitter uh decided to start a a series of posts going through great college basketball players by position over the years and it was really kind of a trip down memory lane but it was also really just kind of scary to me to think about all these guys that it's now their kids that are playing in college right now because it still doesn't feel like that long ago but you know
2: it does not like it goes by so fast I mean you know I'm 43 now like I just said Eddie Carey he's 39 and when I first met him in Chicago he was 16 and 17 in Chicago high school that you know he was one of the up and coming players and, you know, we would go and see him play and stuff in high school because we know he was going to be a high draft pick and we were terrible in Chicago. So the chances of selecting them was going to be high, <laughs> high for us. But, you know, to, to think like, you know, we, we got him and it and, and Tyson Chandler when they were uh, 18 years old and now they're 39, like 20 years go by so fast. Um, but, you know, we, we feel like, you know, a, a lot of the time that, that we play ball, um, you know, we just didn't we didn't embrace it as much as we should because you always feel like you're gonna be forever young, and now now we're we're on the old man strength podcast, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and laughing at the fact that man these years went by so fast. And, and Eddie said that you know yesterday it was like man, you know his his oldest son I think is 18 and 19 years old, and he's like man we we're he wasn't even born when we first started this, and and Marcus Jr. You know, he came when I, and and he he was born in 03, and when we used to work out and train with Tim Grover in Chicago, he was a baby, you know, dribbling the ball on the court and stuff like that. now he's 18 years old and and 6'5". I remember when he was, you know, not even a foot tall, now he's 6'5", and you think like, my God, the time went by so fast. Yeah, so, I,
4: I, my daughter is getting ready to graduate uh, from Iowa State. She's 22 years old, so I, I, I totally, uh-huh. agree. it's, it's surreal to, to right. how fast it's gone, and and it doesn't seem like it was that long ago that you and Jamal and 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 you guys were all playing and and things like that. But that it just kind of rolls through the years and just kind of starts building. So, so, yep. so as
0: as you think back to to, to 20 uh. Twenty plus years ago to watching the the tournament now, what do you think is is maybe the biggest change in the NCAA tournament uh, now compared to back
3: then?
2: Um, I think more so than anything, you know, with social media and everything getting a lot more rampant, um, you your fan base is bigger. You mm-hmm. know, the reach of understanding and being able to see you have avenues of you know, I don't I don't have to watch the game at home. I can watch the game on my phone uh, away from home via ESPN or Hulu or whatever the case may be or whatever your your um, cable provider is. So, you know, the fan base is a lot higher. Um, you know, more and more people are tuning in and, and rooting for their schools. It's, it's, you know, now the the younger generation. You know, like our kids and things like that, they're paying more attention to it and getting into watching colleges because they want to uh, have those same aspirations and dreams. So now they're talking to their parents about it. So now it's more of a, a family-based thing of being able to watch it and see everything that's going on. And it's been exciting.
4: CBS Sports tweeted out yesterday, pick your best possible all-time March man to starting five from your favorite team. Mm-hmm. So, what what's your starting five? My
2: (laughs) put you on a spot, Marcus. Um, it's point guard's number one. Point guard's number one. I, you know, I got to be biased. I got to take my my guy Jamal Tinsley. I wouldn't have you know the career that I had without him. You know, I I I mean, whatever talent that you want to consider me as, he definitely prepared it to the propelled it to the next level um I I never met a point guard so good you know a guy who religiously hit me in the mouth with the ball Um, he he made he made me get ready for it like early on when we first started practicing it's like this is about to be something special because he he was just that floor general so I gotta go with Jamal
4: that's that's a hard that that I think is probably the hardest position you look at Jamal. You look at Tyrese Halliburton. You look at Tyrese Hunter. Yeah. Monte Morris. Uh, even Curtis Stinson was a hell of a yeah. player. Yeah. You know, so that I think that's probably the hardest position, shooting uh, guard.
0: Jeff Hornacek, even going back all the uh, way back to Jeff Hornacek. Yeah. I mean, you you had a lot of a lot of great point guards playing for Iowa State in Sweet
2: Sixteen. Yeah. Uh, shooting guard, uh, that's a tough one as well. Uh, but um. I, I never got a chance to play with them in college, obviously, but I played with them in the pros, and that's definitely the, the mayor, Fred Hoiberg. Um, Fred, Fred was a lot a lot better shooter than what a lot of people uh, thought or, you know, knew if he was playing in this area, where they just, hey, go out there and shoot 43-pointers. <laughs> he probably averaged 30, um, and he was really, really tough. Of course, you know, coming from Ames High and, and you know, playing in Ames at, at Iowa State, playing football and all of that, Fred, was really, really tough. And uh, I'll definitely take him at the two. Small forward. Oh, small forward. This is fun. Uh, are you got to get to watch Marcus this is definitely fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is definitely fun. Uh, small forward to me, I, I, I don't know if George played the three, but I think he definitely had the skill to play the three. Uh he maybe played more of the four at Iowa State, but I, I think you know, he plays a lot of three in the pros. You know, they they I had him at the three.
4: That's where they, I had they, him. Used
2: me, they used me. They use me and him as, as three in the pros. Uh offensively skill wise, we loved it. Uh garden garden threes in the pros. We definitely it was something we don't look forward look forward to. So <laughs> um I I slide George in at the three there.
4: All right, well we don't we don't have to do we don't have to do the four. We know who that
2: is. Um who do you think the four is? It's gotta be you. No, nah, the four is gonna be Royce. Oh. Really? That's,
0: that that's uh that's interesting. I I mean if you're not gonna pick yourself, I think I think Royce uh is a absolutely, great, absolutely. great pick for that four. I mean what, what yeah. he did in the tournament in particular, um you know that that's really yeah. when he he's shown more than 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 any bit. I mean, he, he dominated some games of the season, but what he did in the tournament is probably some yeah, of the without, most memorable.
2: Without a doubt, without a doubt. Um, You know, people go back and forth about the greatest of all time, Iowa State and all that different stuff. And, you know, when you, when you ask me ab- about teams and players and, you know, putting them on teams and stuff like that, I think it's kind of, I think it's kind of, you want to choose yourself. It's kind of like choosing yourself for an all-star game or something like that. But for me, being a fan, um, I, I love watching him play. I, I even reached out to his mom when he was at Iowa state and, and I told him, I tell you, he reminds me of a better version of me. You know, he does all of the things that I wish I can do. Um, at the time that I was in school, they, that wasn't really a position that they allow you to do all that different stuff. Um, you know, a lot of the ball handling and stuff like that, you know, the passing and everything like that. He, he, he made me, you know, wanted to be a better player even when I was still playing uh, pro basketball. But he's definitely, without a doubt, my favorite player in, 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 in Iowa State history is, is is Royce White, without a doubt. Wow. Wow, yeah. Dude, who's your center? Oh, center. He's um, always been a, a guy that they, they never really looked that much. uh but I, but I he's one of the main reasons why I came to Iowa State. Um, you know, thinking, thinking of of all the stuff that he did at Iowa State and he did in the pros and there's that's Big Vic, uh, Victor Alexander. Uh, Man, you yes, know, I, 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 I <laughs> absolutely love Victor Alexander. Yeah, I was I was uh, I, I was I, hoping I you him. were going to say him. Uh, it was Big Vic, you know. Not taking anything away from Kelvin Cato or anything like that. It's just you know. You, you got to understand, I came in at a time where I know I wasn't a high flyer or a shot blocker like Kelvin. You know, Victor was, was a big guy, and so they played me more at the four to five or whatever. So trying to learn the different things that, you know, traditional big men did in college at that time. You know, I, I always, you know, wanted to watch old videos and stuff from him and the things that he did. And, you know, he was in the pros while I was in college, so. You know, just just understanding and knowing that I had the opportunity to follow in the footsteps of guys like that, it, it was really big to me. So, yeah, that's that's my five. You know, I, I I like I said, I I don't want I don't want to be biased to where I put myself on that team. So you can put me as the sixth man or whatever, but you know, uh, we're gonna go with Jamal, Fred, uh, we're gonna go with uh, uh, George, uh, Royce, and uh, Big Vic at the five.
0: I have a hard time complaining uh, about that lineup at all. I was really, really hoping you were going to say Vic. As much as I agree, as much as as Kelvin was a lot of fun to watch, just yeah. Victor Alexander is one of those players that made me fall in love with Iowa State basketball. Just a big burly guy with just the softest yeah. touch. That yeah, that was absolutely. so much fun, and then and then to be able to see him have a pro career that lasted, you know, quite a bit. I mean, he was still he was still playing in the NBA and like. 2000 2001 when when yeah, you yeah. got to the league so yeah. Um, yeah boy he was a lot of fun to watch my my
4: Absolutely. first memories uh my first vague memories of Iowa State are, are Hornacek and, and Grayer. I mean I knew of them and who they were I didn't really watch a lot of basketball couldn't watch a lot of Iowa State basketball at that time in Iowa I mean it just wasn't on uh but Victor Alexander was one of the first guys that I I remember watching a lot of when it was on TV, and, and I'll never forget the final game of his career, and Johnny Orr finally let loose on the refs after his, the final game. Test <laughs> of his
3: conference.
4: I, I can't, I'll sum it up, but it was basically they beat the shit out of this guy for four years, and you guys never called shit on him for him. <laughs> was and that guy, nobody got fouled more than Victor Alexander.
2: <laughs> did, did johnny get kicked out of out of the game for that or, or was no this was
4: at a post-game press conference i'm pretty sure he got, ah. he got, he got <laughs> right, along with, right along with that time that he told dickie v that he was an asshole on national tv <laughs> wow that's amazing that's
2: uh yeah absolutely amazing.
0: yeah johnny is certainly one of those coaches that that uh did not hold back by any means but um
2: ton of energy. He had a ton of energy.
0: Uh, but uh, you, uh, you also played for a coach who did not hold back uh, his emotions we whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> well, two of them, really. That's true. Look. That's true. You, you played for two.
4: Uh, well, I, Tim Floyd looked like he was in a piss-off mood every single time he was on TV. I, know, I don't think I ever saw that guy smile. He, he, used,
2: <laughs> he used to walk in practice. <laughs> and we used to start practice you know, get practice going with the assistant coaches and all that. We got a lot of that going. And he used to just literally just walk and practice when we used to practice at the Fork and it, and, and just walk around the whole court and, and, and just stop and then turn around and walk the other way and just look at us and cut his eye. And, and Steve used to say, what the hell is wrong with him? <laughs> and we just used to sit <laughs> there and look at him. And he used to say nothing. And then he would stop and he'd chew on the Nicorette gum. He'd take that one and spit it out and then get another one, put it in his mouth. And then he would just start walking around the court again. And I was like, man, I don't know what's going on with it. We just know it's about to be a practice. And then once he finally started saying something whatever, it's just all downhill from there. And we just got ready for it and try to survive it.
0: So as as you watch this team and – you see this style of play, which definitely, as to, to Chris's point, does kind of remind me of, of some of those Tim Floyd teams. Um, but uh, you, you see the type of coach that, that TJ is doing. And first of all, like, like what he's done with this team is, is unreal. I, I, I know we talk about it a lot on here, but I, I don't think we could say enough what an unreal job uh, he's done in a single season to, to take this team from where they were to, to where they are right now. Um, but what do you see in in his style of coaching you think that resonates so much with these kids?
2: Well, he he learned a lot from like the coaches that we talked about beforehand. Um, And you have to be able to guard like at this point, there's no tomorrow where, okay, we tried to do this offensively and we try to make that happen defensively and we don't have that identity. So, okay, we can get, get it corrected the next game or the next week or things like that. We got time to turn around and change. Right now, we don't have time to do any of that. You have to have that identity, and guys have bought, bought into that identity of understanding that, you know, if we have 41 or 51 points, it, as long as they have less points than us, then you win. If I score one basket and nobody else scores and we keep them from scoring the rest of the game, guess who wins? Because if you don't have that defensive presence and you don't have that identity, then, you know, you see the, the teams that you didn't expect to go home early, go home. Uh, and that's not, that's not the the way um, he has approached it. He's he's gotten the guys to buy into, you know, this system and the, the this way of winning and this produced wins and now we're in the sweet 16.
4: You, you, uh, you mentioned that they're buying in, I think, uh, a testament to that is there at the end uh, uh, of the Big 12, Trey Jackson and Tristan and Aruna didn't see the floor for almost three or four games, and I think yeah. it, it, there's a good example of on social media. You know, everybody and their mother has an opinion. Uh, you know that they're buried. What they do wrong? Why aren't they seeing playing time? I can't believe that he's not playing him. And then boom, you see Trey and Tristan playing major minutes. In the first and second round, and they're embracing that role, and uh, it's one of those deals where it's—I think it's a closed door. Those those guys and that team are close. They know uh, what their roles are. They're buying into it, and they're tuning out the noise.
2: Well, the the biggest thing is us as athletes and people in general. <laughs> you know, when you look yourself in the mirror, you know what's what's really going on. You know where you know, where you've been slacking off, where you hadn't been doing your best. And you know that when it's time to get back into practice and to show, okay, oh, I'm trying to correct it, I've corrected that, you know, that time is going to come where they uh, call on you, call your name, and you got to go out there and, and perform. You know, don't don't make a mistake at all that, you know, any of the stars that we had or anything like that, or the All-Americans and all of that stuff with she that, if you wasn't doing what we supposed to have been doing defensively, you weren't going to get pulled out of that game. You know, um, one of the, one of my guys, Jamal Tinsley, didn't want to play defense, but then we filled in practice or anything like that, but he had to be on the floor doing what he had to do. And when he got first team, uh, all defensive big 12, uh Larry State was so mad it was ridiculous. <laughs> it was ridiculous. I mean he was he was so when once that first team came in, when when the Big Twelve Awards came around and he was uh first team all defense. Oh my god, he was so upset because he, he knew how hard he had to be on him to make him play defense. And Mel got long arms, he got a lot of steals. But, I mean, he made it work for him, and he knew that that's what he had to do to be successful when we get on the basketball floor. And once guys buy into it, you know, it, it, it's a lot of fun because that success comes from it. You know, you learn and you figure out the way to to, to be productive, and, you know, the rest is, is history from there. Uh,
0: switching gears a little bit, um, I wanted to – uh, talk about the women as well because boy what a great time to be uh, a, a cyclone here that we've got both both teams in it and and, and doing well um, you know unfortunately for a cyclone fans we had these these teams overlapping so you couldn't watch both games at the same time unless you had two TVs uh, going with them but uh, uh, boy. You can't talk enough, I don't think, about the job that, that Coach Fennelly has done as well. And I think sometimes that's getting lost this season. And the amazing job that TJ has done is, A, just how consistent Coach Fennelly is, but B, what he's done with, with this group of women has been uh, really exciting all season long.
2: Absolutely. The the consistency that he's always had there, um, honestly, like he he made – me want to help our team be better because we knew, you know, our women's team were good. You, you know, Stacey Freeze and the rest of those uh, ladies were there and they were balling out. And and my last year I said, there's no way they're going to get to the Big 12 and win the Big 12 conference and win the Big 12 championship title and everything like that, and we're not, we not getting there also. So they put the pressure <laughs> on me, they put the pressure on us, um, you know, and, and that's just a testament to what he's done there in all the years that he's been there. Um, to see them playing extremely well, um, you know, to knock off a lot of big teams again for the women as well. The Big 12 is tough, you know, so uh, to see them play and to have success, um, is, is always a great thing. And like, and just like you said, Tim, is right now, everything is overlapping, and you know, when games are on, you I try. I watch. We have we have Hulu Live Sports, so we watching it on the TV, and then we got the iPad down or we got the laptop open. And my wife said, "You got everything running. That's, that's <laughs> how I got to be right now." So that's just how it is. And uh, to to be able to see them have success as well, you know, it's like you said, it's a great time to be a Cyclone. Two in the big six uh, in the Sweet 16. That's big time.
4: Only three other programs right now that that are that have done it, and and they the, the women are going to be there for a while I, they got that trio of, of sophomores uh diao is a is a transfer she's a sophomore uh, mm-hmm. and Aubrey could come back for a COVID year if she wants um so they they've got they've got a good core to to build on there for quite a while uh, and with Baylor being down and and I think the big 12 is wide open now
2: at this point for the women yeah yeah it's going to be a exciting time to, and like we said he, he always prepared them uh, extremely well and extremely hard. He's always had some uh, great players. You know, um, he he puts in the game plan that to have a lot of success, and you know, they're they're a lot of fun to watch. Absolutely, a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I actually- saw a
4: photo. Flo- sorry, Tim. I saw a photo a photo floating around yesterday on social media of Coach Eustacey and Coach Finley, uh standing together watching practice. And I swear to God, they had the same black mock turtleneck
2: on. Oh my God! It, it's on Twitter. I got to see that. I,
4: I got to find. It. Yeah, they were standing right next to each other. I swear to God, they had the same. Black. It's almost like they shopped at the same store. I, I, I got to see
0: that. I uh, was wondering if Coach Fenley was was doing a little troll job there. I think that. I that's,
4: know.
2: Did you see that photo, Tim?
0: uh it's pretty. It's pretty good. No, I love it.
2: You guys got to send me that if you find it. <laughs>
0: No, what I was going to say is, uh, you know, uh, watching what, what Ashley Jones has done in her in her career, uh, what she's done in the tournament, that, that first-round game, I think she had like 35 and 15 or something like that. Um, yeah. It's been amazing. I, I don't know. I mean, you, you talked about some of the great players that were around when, when you were there um, and some of those names like Stacey Freese that whose legend still looms large um, in the locker rooms, I'm sure. But to see what she's done with her career – uh, really exciting to see her as a senior uh, be able to go to a Sweet 16 and and, and play as well as she has. Um, but, you know, it's been fun to have a player like that, but then to Chris's point, to still have all this other talent that's younger and to know that this just feels like it's just as, as much of a springboard for continued success.
2: Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, you know, that, that gives players like that gives the next you know, generation of players that's coming up the the hope and aspirations and seeing that you know this is a place where um has been up and coming for the last uh 15 20 years um i love i love people running to people in the streets even with the football teams and say yeah, you guys are doing good up there because at one time we were like you know kansas of, of the big 12 in football uh so to see People recognize in Iowa State in in the sports and everything like that with the men and women uh, basketball programs and other programs and sports, it's it's a great thing to feel, um, to feel that, you know, it's a a sense of pride of understanding that, you know, you're going to go to a place where a lot of people don't give you the chance to win. And then once you have that, that success, you know, it feels that much greater.
4: Yeah. You guys had, you guys had a, a good run of success there. Uh, when you were there, uh, I State say athletics as a whole did, I mean, you guys were, were going to elite eights. The women were good. Uh, the, the football team was making bowl games and so on. And I feel yeah, like yeah. Iowa state athletics is getting back to that now with what we've got going on in all sports as well. It's, it's certainly on the trajectory back up.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, v- of course, the facilities have gotten better, so that definitely helps. <laughs> that definitely helps with uh, the, the sports programs. but um, you know that that's those are the things that attract um, you know top level uh, players and things like that don't make people want to come. Uh, even you know they, they call us what transfer you for so long where you know guys are transferred to Iowa State and they have great success because of the fact of you know that the the teams and the coaches get you to buy into a system. You have success. You see how how tough and uh, the the conference and everything is. And once you buy into that system and you have that success, you know the West is history of what you can be there. So uh, to be able to fight through all the adversity, the cold weather and the snow and everything like that, and and, <laughs> it's and make it to like the this. Gosh, uh Who, who are you telling? I, I've been away from for the last twelve, thirteen years
4: getting soft out there in Vegas.
2: Oh, <laughs> totally soft. Totally soft. It's 8 p.m. And it's, it's only a mere 73 degrees right now. Got the windows <laughs> down and everything is grand.
4: I'd hate to hang up on you right now.
0: <laughs> how's uh How's your bracket doing, Marcus?
2: Uh, I didn't know a bracket this year. I, I just, you know, just wanted to sit back. And maybe that's why I'm enjoying it so much. Um <laughs> Maybe that's why I'm enjoying this so much. I, I didn't do a bracket. I I just literally sat down and and said, well, I want to really enjoy the the tournament and and watch these games. Um, hadn't really had no surprises. Um, I hadn't really had any surprises. I've 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 watched the talent that's been on the floor. Um, and and figured you know this team or that team uh, have a chance of doing this and that. Um. Of course, I'm going to pull fire with State to, to have the upsets that they had. But um, I, I called Miami was going to beat Auburn, you know, because it's, it's the NCAA tournament where you don't, like, like we say, you don't have a lot of time to prepare. And you have a lot of teams that are hungry. Um, you know, the TCU games against Arizona was uh, down to the wire. And uh, to, to see Big Eddie, working out down low and, and having the game of his life. It was, you know, it, it was good to see, you know, uh, a young fellow being able to have those type of moments. Uh, it, it, it gave me chills to, to just lay back and and watch And my wife said, do you, do you know him? I, was, I don't personally know him, but of course I know him from the Big 12 and playing uh, for TCU. But to be able to see that, um, the enjoyment of, of, of what's going on in the tournament, you know, it's, it's been a lot of fun. I, and I just didn't. I don't know if I if I didn't choose to have if I didn't choose to sit down to to make a bracket or I just said you know I'm just not going to do a bracket this year. Be
3: Pretty
2: honest,
0: minor. be honest I, though you're you're you are you 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 are always rooting against Michigan State in the tournament, right?
2: Oh, absolutely. There's <laughs> it, it, always going to be two teams in in the tournament that you know I'm going to root against. That's definitely Iowa and that's definitely Michigan State, without a doubt.
3: So they they both
2: just happen to be in the Big Big Ten. It really has nothing to do against the Big Ten or whatever. But those those two teams, absolutely, I I get the most enjoyment out of them not winning. And it's nothing personal. It's nothing personal, but it's but it's everything personal. (laughs) (laughs)
4: That uh, that was one of the questions Amy on Twitter asked. What teams do you still hate after
2: all these years? Oh, definitely. It's they're they're they're
0: probably one and one a. Uh, I'm not gonna say one <laughs> and two. They're they're definitely one and one a. Who so as as you spent all season long beating up on each other in conference play, and then you go to a tournament and you've got a bunch of other teams. You know, Big Twelve had had six teams in it this year. Um, does it feel a little weird to then go ahead and turn around and root for those teams that you were just playing against? Uh, all season long,
2: um, when, not for me be, because I, I, I understand, you know, iron sharpens iron, and and when you play against each other in the tournament, you know, it's it's that camaraderie right then and there. But ultimately, you want us to because the more teams we get in, the more success we have, the more notoriety and bigger the conference get, and better the conference get. So even like now, you know. When I'm watching Marcus Junior, gonna ask me, you know, you going for TCU? I'm like, absolutely. Like, you know, well, you didn't go to TCU, but no, that's you know, a team in our conference, and I'm going for Texas Tech, and I'm going for Texas, and I'm going for Kansas because you know we're in a we're in a different tournament now. If we happen to run into each other in the tournament, then there's going to be a different story, just like we would be going against them in the Big Twelve. But as long as they're going against somebody else, absolutely, I'm rooting for him, for them one hundred percent.
4: 100%. Uh, you're a better man than I am. I can't ever root for Kansas. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, if I ever see you root for Iowa, then that's when we're going to have the problem. <laughs> I,
4: I, I have friends that are Iowa, I, 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 but I no, I don't root for them, but I'm not, I'm indifferent. We'll just put it nah, that way. I, 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 same way.
2: Uh, one, one of my personal managers, when I went to the NBA, uh, who worked for my agent, her brother, uh, Mike Henry, played at the University of Iowa and you know they they're like family so we're like Iowa State against Iowa and we back and forth bender all day long and that would never change you know B.J. Armstrong when he was at with uh, with the Bulls same exact way you know you know I hated <laughs> Iowa and he hated Iowa State that, that, that's just the way it is <laughs>
0: No, I did like what you said about, you know, still watching, going against and having that camaraderie. One of the neat moments in, the, in this tournament to me was uh, that first game against um, when uh, when uh, uh, Hunter had one of those big dagger threes at the end of the game. Uh, I don't remember who on LSU, but he turned around and patted him on the butt. Like even he couldn't be mad about how amazing that shot was and had to respect such an amazing play. Yeah. I thought that was some really amazing sportsmanship because it was a dagger three and it was at a critical point of that game. Uh, I don't know if, if anyone else caught that, but I was really impressed yeah. by that one.
2: Yeah. I, I saw that once uh, you raised up a shot, I said, Ooh, that's a big shot. And, and, and when it went in and me and my wife looked at each other and said, yeah, that's a big shot. I mean, cause watching the games and stuff like that. Um, the young fella, uh, uh, Moani Wilkerson, he's from here in Vegas. Played Mm -hmm. at Bishop Gorman. So, you know, we've played against him in our high schools for the last four years. So we personally know him. Um, And, of course, you know, Shaq's son, uh, Sharif O'Neal, down there at at LSU. So it's kind of like you run into that situation where you know people personally, but at the same time, now now you're that enemy where you have to go against them. Um, You know, in the Big 12, uh, my best friend from high school, Bernard King, played at Texas A&M. And, you know, we're talking about, you know, two guys who, you know, spend the night over each other's house. And, you know, our families are our families. We're from the same area in Louisiana. But he went to Texas A&M and I went to Iowa State. And once we faced each other in the Big 12, you know, that stopped during that game. But we can root for each other uh, when uh, we're not playing against each other. So um, to, to see, you know, camaraderie like that, uh, to see him shoot that shot, and that was a big-time shot for him to shoot had the confidence to shoot it and make it and knock it down. And, uh, you know, th- that kind of camaraderie and that kind of sportsmanship uh, goes a long way to me.
4: I was today years old when I found out that Marcus and Bernard King
2: were, were best friends in high school. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, that's my guy. We, we don't even – his his first name is Victor. We don't even call him Bernard. We call him Vic. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's my, that's that's my guy. We've been knowing each other for. We played the same AAU uh, basketball team. He's he's two years younger than me. He was, you know, on our sixteen and seventeen and under team. He was the only kid that was thirteen and fourteen years old. He was that good, that young, and uh and uh um for him to go to the Big Twelve, you know, and then he broke my freshman records and all that different stuff. He loves giving me hell about that to this day. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Uh, I had a question from a listener uh, that wanted to know if you're looking back 20 years ago, what, what specific part of that final game uh, do you think is forever etched in your memory?
2: Uh, uh, That, that foul that was called on Paul Shirley, you know, without a doubt that was, that was a momentum changer changer uh, for us. Um, It was one of those, you know, uh, let the air out of the balloon type thing. It was one of those things of knowing we're facing Michigan State in Detroit. And um, probably the only time where I felt like not in control, uh, like, like I said, not to have a or anything like that, or say the referees cheated or anything like that. But one of the things that, that like, bothers me the most is when I when I am cheated or I feel cheated because i don't cheat myself like if i if i can't look myself in the mirror and say to myself you know that you're cheating yourself or you're not cheating yourself uh, in situations like that that bothers me and that's probably the only time in, in that tournament where i feel like we're 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 not in control or we we don't have that grasp of control I feel like Like well, this this may be a situation where we're not going to be able to recover from, and the rest is history.
0: (laughs) I'm I'm sure that moment is is uh, etched in in Coach Eustace's mind uh, as
2: well. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. But I mean, the, the the whole reaction, the whole reaction of Coach Eustace for us, that was normal. You know, <laughs> you, you don't know the half. That's not berserk at all. But you know, it the way I control it, and that's just with fiery nature and the way he coached and the way he approached it and his key to detail. But you know, the way he went off on the referees, I'm like, man, that that's nothing. That's standard for us in practice. As you turn over the ball, that's Larry right there. <laughs> that's him right there. So, <laughs> so us, it was you know we that was just coaching to us, but we totally understood you know um, him doing that and, and and for the team and everything like that because it just was a egregious act at that time.
4: Talked a lot about the past. Let's talk a little bit about the future and uh, how your how your boys doing. Uh, Marcus Junior.
3: Yep. Both.
2: Oh, he's, doing well. um, he's doing well. He's doing well. He's, you know, looking forward to this season. You know, he had a solid season last year. Could have done a lot better than uh, ultimately that he did. Uh, he, he finished, you know, uh, second team All well, State this year and everything like that. Just, you know, get acclimated to being a better basketball player. He's he's on par of the course of how I want him to be. Uh, never too high. Never too low. Uh, he does a lot of great things, but he has a lot of stuff to work on. Um, it was actually even a, a showcase uh, game today, tonight at Bishop Gorman High School, one of the little Pangos um, showcase games. And he said, you know, I, I don't want to play in it tonight. I just want to, you know, go work out and train and, you know, get better. You know, he, he needs to get a lot stronger. Um, right now. If I can get him to about 205, like I say, he's a little 6'5", he can handle it, he can shoot it. His IQ is, is through the roof. Um, you know, they, they call him the Swiss Army Knife out here or the Joker of all trades. He does so many things well on the court. I uh, like his defense is extremely well, but he, he, he's just missing that little piece of uh, grit uh, and that he needs to have. Um, me, me and my, my wife, his mom, talks about at all the time. You know, a lot of people don't know. Mark Mar- played three years at uh, Southern University in basketball. Uh, she was more of an athlete than I ever. Um, she ran track in high school and still hold records in the state of Illinois. She's oh, just supremely. And we tell them, man, you hadn't even tapped into what, what's inside you, the genes that you have inside of you. And I think this is the last thing that uh, is, is definitely going to help him you know, propel them to the next level. And you know, we're excited to see what's going to happen this last year.
4: Remind me again, how old is he?
2: Uh, he's 18 this year.
4: Okay.
2: Yeah. And he's going into a senior year. So this is his last year.
4: Well, that's going to be exciting.
2: Well, it's extremely exciting. Um, definitely exciting. Um, letting them understand that you know, at that age, he's way more talented than I was. A um, couple inches taller, so you know I can do more things in terms of you know blocking shots and running and ducking and stuff like that. But he can get off the ground pretty well and everything and and all of that. I just just need to you know get him a lot stronger, uh, get his foot speed a lot faster. We think more than none. They're just these these kids are just lazy. You know, and they, they want to go at a, a smooth and cool pace because, um, like I said, as fast as his mom, you know, is and was in high school and in college, you know, and I wasn't slow foot um, myself either. You know, he just has to, to want to do it. Kids, kids now, they think they're going to get tired or you know, I don't want to burn myself out. One of the things that yell, you, know, you know maybe I'm going to catch a cramp so uh, you will never know if you're going to catch a cramp or not if you don't run fast enough to see if you're going to catch a cramp so <laughs> just, get, just get them to buy into you know the situations and understand once you do it you know it can happen um, and just continue to build off of of that success that you've had so it was big for me to to see him say that you know I'm not going to. Going to show showcase thing tonight, he understands that, you know, a lot of that is, is, um, brand building and a platform building for others, you know, and stuff like that, and, you know, try to get them to understand that, uh, where we at now and the NIL deals and all that crazy stuff that's going on at a different time than it was before. So, uh, working on your own personal craft, getting that better is more important, uh, getting to the next level than, than what's going on for someone else's brand right now. So if, uh, we definitely if, gotta 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 get ready to hit this gym in a little bit as well.
0: If uh it's speaking of NIL, if NIL was was around in your playing days, what what product would you have wanted to uh endorse or, or put Marcus Pfizer's name? Um, on?
2: I have no idea. Um I I, I would have known for a fact that uh, Iowa State would have got that gotten that fourth year out of me. Um, <laughs> I, I I, without a doubt, I, the reason for me leaving uh, my my parents' house burned down. My parents' house burned down, caught fire and burned down, and it wasn't no cell phones and anything like that. So it wasn't easy for family and other people to to get to me and let me know any kind of information. So uh, the house caught a fire and burned down in February and they didn't let me know until the, the season was over. You know, um, my parents had had to move into an apartment and we're living in an apartment and I had no idea about it. And so once, once we lost out of the tournament, um, I was just sitting down on the couch and I was talking to my dad on the phone. And that's when he broke the news and told me everything that had happened. And so I called coach Eustace and talked to him about it. And, you know, we just made the ultimate decision that it was uh, the right time to go. But, how these you NIL know, deals deals are crazy right now. I definitely would have won that fourth year. And it and it and it makes it it makes it easier for guys to make that decision, you know, because um whatever kind it can be uh you know, a hundred grand, you know, deal or five hundred grand or a million dollar deal or whatever, whatever it is is more than you normally would be making as a student athlete, which had been nothing. So um, anything that 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 could have helped that situation, because I definitely wanted to go. to I mean, with the team that we had, you know, coming back, I definitely would have stuck around for that fourth year. But in terms of of what to endorse, I mean, I, I probably I think I would have wanted to have an endorsement with Cadillac because that's when the Escalades <laughs> were just coming out. But <laughs> um, well, definitely uh, an Escalade or something like that, and and wherever else would have came down the pipeline. <laughs>
0: No, I, I like that. I think, uh, you know, one of the things, you know, you mentioned helping some of these guys make some of these, these decisions. I think one of the things that the NBA has always struggled with is, you know, the G league has never quite become that farm system that you get out of like, say baseball, baseball has an excellent farm system. People get drafted. They go into the farm system. They come up through the farm system. You're seeing some of these kids that are, are coming from high school and they're they're skipping college and they're going to the G League as their as their route to get in into uh, the NBA. But mostly, it's a it's a place to store guys that are are rehabbing or are putting these guys on two way contracts, things like that. And then you've got a bunch of you know you've got players like Curtis Stinton who was the G League MVP and never sniffed a minute of of NBA. Uh, action and so it's not really become that and and college for so many has kind of been that farm system and so it seemed to me that if you're going to have college be the unofficial farm system of the NBA you got to find some way to get these guys some money to to you yeah know, yeah make some of that I, um, makes sense
2: and I agree um, I knew when the that uh, was the G League Unite team that. Something was going to come around uh, with the collegiate students being able to make an early uh, earning off their likeness and it just all depends you know on uh the player and the situation in this forum I coached a guy last year was on marcus juniors team uh, uh Hardy who's on the g league at night. and he's definitely a bona fide first round draft pick and um i and i and i think I, i'm not sure wasn't in the process with his decision to go to the G League or possibly go to um, college. But I think they kind of jumped the gun a little little quick on it because that was around the time where it really coming down or was it going to happen or not? So I think it, it, if he would have went to college, he would have made as much as he's making in the G League uh, in that situation. But, you know, maybe that situation would be in with the pros or, or preparing them more for the NBA than, you know, maybe they they figured the college route would have done. But uh, for me, college was was extremely fun. You know, we were kids learning and understanding how to become men. Um, I I don't I don't know how the situation with the NIL are doing for for the guys now, but I definitely understand and know that uh, it's definitely helping them out and their and their families. You know, now now that that presents the opportunity for, you know. If if parents wants to move to that same city that the kid is going to school in, it makes it easier for them to be able to do that. You know, a lot of times like my parents couldn't um, leave their jobs to to come to Iowa State to come to Ames and uh, do anything like that while I was going to school there. And if that was would have been available, a million dollar you know NIL deal, then you know my mom and dad and my brothers and sisters would have had no problem being able to move up there with us and things would have been a lot easier.
4: Uh, off um, off the basketball court, it, you've talked a, a lot about how much you had fun in college or whatever. Somebody uh, messaged me and said that um, when I told him you were going to, they said Pfizer was a class act off the court. He was just down the hall from me in Larch and would hang out with non-athletes all the time and would even come to floor meetings. So I got to ask, What's some of your fun memories from off the court, just being a student and hanging out with people, and and being in college?
2: Um, well, just just being a normal just being a normal kid. One of the things that I I was uh, done it. I would say that the, I guess you say the aura of of who Marcus Pfizer was was bigger than what Marcus Pfizer thought about doing. The time that I was there, um, I, I was just a normal kid. I, I rode bikes around the campus. I got on the side ride like everyone else was upset if the side ride was gone before I got to the butt stop like everyone else. Um, so when those things that was going on, just meeting people, going to the the different things, I wanted to be a normal college student, but understood that we had practice, we had study hall, we had all this other stuff that took me away from, being able to do that. Uh, so when I did see uh student meetings and stuff like that going on, yeah, I was popping my head in there like everyone else because, you know, I knew I didn't have though that many opportunities and that many times to to be a part of that. Um, but the the one moment I remember the most uh, of being a student athlete I think I was in a biology class that I had later and I got back to Large Hall and um one of my good friends, uh, Griff. <laughs> Griff was. They they had this this um, newspaper of of me shooting a free throw, uh, and for whatever reason, I didn't have a shirt on <laughs> shooting a free throw. I think I was working out at the rec, and, and they gave me so much hell about it. And so I was gone. That it, uh, I guess they planned when I had a late class or something like that. And I got off the elevator, and the whole hall was full of these photos taped up on the wall <laughs> all the way the whole hallway and i just remember getting off the elevator and just laughing my ass off and i knew griff, griff room was at the last end of the hall and i said damn it griff and i just can't hear him laughing at the end of the hall because i knew he was the corporate of it all and uh <laughs> you know just just being able to once i stepped off the elevator there was so many people on the floor anyways i'm like "What is all these people going doing up here and, and, I was like, I knew exactly what it was, but to, to to be able to laugh and go through situations like that, go through go to the room, uh, Paris Corner was my roommate, you know, we kept our door open. People come in, we laugh and just talk to people, like you know, because we are normal people. We just were student athletes, and and having to be there to, you know, play basketball as well. I'm oh, sorry, guys. Did I lose you? Oh no, here we go. No, we're good. Thank you.
0: Actually, Marcus, I don't want to keep you a whole lot longer. We should probably be wrapping this thing up uh, here in a bit. Um, but Chris, did we have any other questions that we got in from from any listeners that we wanted? No, we, uh,
4: did, uh, we hit them all and it was really nice that people threw out, uh, threw out some some questions. People were excited to to hear your perspective on, on the basketball team and, and just to catch up with you, Marcus.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, you, you guys know I'm, I am always got a busy schedule because everything that's going on, we got uh, four children in there in four different schools. So we're all across the valley. Uh moving and shaking, doing a lot of different things. But Chris you got my information anytime you reach out, send a text and you know, we communicate back and forth and we can lock everything down. Uh I definitely have no problem, you know, being a normal guy, normal old guy talking with the guys about the sports and uh being a cyclone. You know, like you said, it's very exciting time to be a cyclone right now. I'm I'm uh jittery and antsy about what's going to happen this weekend, and I'm looking forward to it. At
4: least it's at least it's not going to be a late game for you. It's nine o'clock here.
2: Oh uh, yeah, I, my yeah bedtime. I love that. I love that, <laughs> and that's, that's that's what I like about the West Coast as well. Because you know I can the games that come on early, and even once the like the late games. I think the the last games of last week ended like at nine thirty here, and so. You know, you can get the kids ready for bed and everything like that, and still get a good night's sleep. And so, it's all—it's always fun to be able to, even the NBA games and stuff like that. Like the games start early for us, and you can watch it through the rest of the night.
0: Yeah, I don't know that that game on uh, Sunday could have started at at noon, and I still don't know that I would have gotten a good night's sleep. I was just so wired after that thing. <laughs> I, um. Well, uh, coo- yeah. well, well, cool. Um. I'm not going to put you on the spot here and ask you any predictions, but any other thoughts here for, uh, the, uh, the upcoming uh, game this weekend?
2: What? no predictions like mentally. I never have that. Um, superstitious, uh, at, at all. I just, you know, I, I feel really good about certain, certain games and some games I don't uh, like, you know, even when Mark Jr.'s team this last year. Every game that I felt like we were going to lose, we lost. And every game that we felt I felt like we were going to win, we won. Uh, even, you know, they went into Chicago and beat, you know, the powerhouse Simeon High School that had lost only one game at the time when they went up there at the beginning of February and won. Uh, so I, I just always have this inkling inside that, you know, try not to focus on making a prediction or, you know, people always ask me that, and I just said we're well, gonna see what what happens, and I'm just looking forward to to a good, strong game. I, I think it's gonna be uh, something big. Um, you know, for them to be in, in Chicago, I know the the point guard um, uh, Charlie Morris from Chicago as well. So it's gonna be a big game for him being back home, being in front of his home fans, being able to have that opportunity. But you know, I'm excited, and man, yeah, I, of course I live tweet. You know, just doing the whole game. Some, <laughs> sometimes it'd be frustration. Sometimes it'd just be, you know, off the wall stuff that I'm thinking at the time. But I got I to gotta get that frustration and everything out. But, man, for these guys to make it to the lead Eight and, and, and further on, man, I'm going to be tweeting all night. Uh, very <laughs> excited. <laughs> very
4: excited. Yeah. You and me both. It wouldn't be a podcast <laughs> without coming over my shoulder and saying hi. So, uh,
2: Hello. August. How are you? Hi nice to are meet you.
3: you all right
2: what i said are you all right
4: yeah i'm good she's she's wearing the logo of the good logo you
2: know just get oh, away absolutely it. that's the one right there <laughs> 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 hey whose jersey is
4: that behind you chris that's uh uh jj moses jj yeah
3: nice
4: nice a buddy of mine uh, uh had it and said you know what you have a much cooler basement than i do so you're welcome to have it so i put it up i gotta get it i got to get a case for yeah, it. That, my, my basketball section good. is not very good. I don't have a lot of basketball stuff
2: down here. Much, so. Well, uh, we're going to have to work on that. We're going to have to work on that. <laughs> i got a lot of stuff back home um, in Louisiana, but I, I don't have much out here in Vegas as people ask me all the time. Um, you know, because I came out here in 2013 when I was still playing. I had some workouts for some NBA teams, and, I, like, literally, I just never left. My wife and kids came out in the summertime wife well, said, you know, we can live anywhere. Let's, you know, she thought about moving to Vegas sometime, you know, in years before. Let's at least try this place for a year. And ten years later, we're still out here. Like we didn't bring nothing. We uh, didn't I mean, bring cars or nothing.
4: Seventy-five degrees in March. I can't imagine why you don't want to leave. I
2: can't, can't <laughs> imagine that at all. You know, and and no mosquitoes. That's the That's biggest cool. thing for me. No mosquitoes. We very seldomly see flies, but no mosquitoes, and and that's lovely. Sorry, guys. Mark, we
4: appreciate it. We appreciate you coming Absolutely. on. Being, uh Being so gracious with your time and giving us the time and and uh, and uh, thank you very much.
2: For sure, guys. Anytime you need me, let me know. Um, you know how to reach me, Tim Chris. Go cyclones later.
3: Go, Cyclones!
4: Go, Cyclones!
2: You guys have a good
4: one. Yeah. Right. Bye. Bye. Well, Tim, I'll make a prediction. We're gonna kick Miami's ass this weekend.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It should be a really interesting matchup. It really should. Yeah. Um, you know, I I just love the fact that with this team, the way they play defense, even when they're not shooting well uh you can't count them out of any game and uh and you know if they do get a hot hand if if you know hunter someone has another seven of ten from three-point range type of night then miami just better watch out because
4: because this team outside of the big 12 conference guys seem to step up i mean you look at the at the at the non-conference schedule before I mean, there'd be times that Kuntz went off and Kalsher went off when they were in New York. And, and, you know, of course, Brockington has been solid all year. And now after the tournament in this tournament, the Hunter had a great game. Kalsher stepped up again and performed well. Uh, I, I think we're in a good spot.
3: Yeah. I'm, we certainly I'm...
4: have the best draw. I think we certainly have the best draw. Uh, um, as far as the brackets go left, uh, I mean, Kansas. We certainly have shown that we can play with Kansas. Uh, we can certainly, uh, as according to Ken Palm, should win this game against Miami. And Providence is is you know pro- I, I don't know that much about them, but I mean, who knows? It's 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 a pretty good draw, I think.
0: Yeah, I, no, I, I I definitely think it's it's become uh, a lot more favorable than when I first looked at it. But uh, it should be a fun one, no matter what. Um, I'm sure you and I like Marcus will be live tweeting the game. So people can go ahead and, and check us out there. Uh, Speaking of go ahead and find Marcus at real Marcus Pfizer on Twitter. You can find me at Tim Johnson, MN you can find Chris at side grad side, dad. You can find us at strength underscore old. Um, What am I missing? Chris.
4: Make sure you follow Tailgate Society at TGS, right? T-Gate,
0: at TGate Society, I think. Uh, I should have that off the top of my head. And uh, what is Revelton? Boy, I'm not prepared for this. I'm not going to lie.
4: We, we recorded a lot later than we normally do. <laughs> at, T-Gate Society, at TGate Society and Revelton is, I'm fast on my feet, at Revelton D.C., Make sure you follow them. They had a good turnout for their St. Patrick's Day last weekend. Uh, Rob posted a little video uh, on on Facebook uh, one year ago today. They started their bourbon process. So I then commented and said, so you're saying I'll be able to drink your bourbon in a year. So it's one year countdown until they have their bourbon ready. Super excited for that. So we're good. Excellent. To
0: go. Excellent. Well, great, uh, Chris. Any last thoughts before we we wrap this thing up?
4: No, man, I'm super excited for this weekend. Uh, whatever happens, we're playing with we're playing with house money at this point.
0: Absolutely, like like I said, uh, just getting to the tournament was was already great. Everything else was gravy, and boy, this gravy is delicious. So I will take it. Well, once again, listeners, you have spent time with Chris and I on Old Man Strength with our special guest, Marcus Fizer. want to thank him. Please go ahead and check out our sponsors. Please check out the website and we will see you guys next time.
1: I don't want to get on the bandwagon. I'll burn that wagon down and join the band. Traveling troubadours, terrorizing street corners just to try to get some supper in our hands. Now i waited all my life to get this off my chest screen buddy murder Until someone understands That it ain't about the money, the drugs, or the women I make this noise just because I can And we'll all join in To that original sin